Hi, welcome back to VME, Vaginismus, Let's Name It, Not Shame It. My name is Audrey Cairo, and I hope to bring you another episode to leave you inspired or empowered. As you might know, um, in this first series, I've been talking to some amazing women who were brave enough to share their vaginismus journey with me. And in this episode, I'm speaking to the amazing Alona. I also met Alona about six months ago, and it's been really, yeah, it's been I want to say amazing again. How many times can I say amazing? But let's say it's been a real honor to get to know her. I recently heard her speak at a community event as well. And for me, I was just listening to her and I really felt like, wow, this girl has come such a long way um, in so much. And it was just, it's just a pleasure that she wanted to sit down with me and tell her story and to be real with me about what's going on or what went on for her this time. Um, because in our workshop um, or in our program, you know, we can decide not to talk about um, certain things or certain traumas. But yeah, for our podcast, it was important for her to or to be real and to share what what her story is and what vaginismus represented for her. There is a moment in the podcast where um, Alona says cut. Um, and we were thinking about cutting that part, but in the end we left left it in because we felt it was good for you to hear, just to see what her thought process was at that moment. Honestly, there's so much to say about this episode, and that's maybe the reason why it's as well a bit longer than, than normal. Um, there's a lot that will come in from, from her being disconnected with her body, um, from getting to acceptance, um, of finding out about her vagina, but also the underlying reason for her vaginismus and why she might have ignored her vagina for all that time. This episode had me laugh, cry, and feel all the emotions. So do make yourself comfortable and just just be gentle with yourself as well. Um, take it all in. So have a listen, rate and review, and subscribe where possible. And if you'd like to be in touch with me, contact me on Instagram at Let's Call Her V where I would also give you updates on any events or when the next podcast comes out. But I'm very curious to hear what you think. So enjoy. Hi, Alona. I am Hi, so happy to have you here today. Like I've been looking forward to our conversation, literally. I don't know how many, how many, <laughs> I have really been looking for, like Alona's making a stop sign. <laughs> stop 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 <laughs> I was like why are we stopping already we just began I've been looking forward to our conversation so much I don't even know I can't even tell you how excited I am but everyone thinks I'm always excited but this is real I am really excited how are you feeling though hi Audrey hi um, I'm feeling very excited I'm so happy to be here and it's been ages since I've seen you last time so I'm so excited to see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's a it's a new year. Um, it's new year, 2021, and we're definitely like in a bit of a weird time, like COVID-wise. How have you been coping? How are you keeping? Yeah, it's okay. I'm keeping busy with work, and um, yeah, just lots lots to do. I'm I'm always keeping busy. So the good thing is. We're here and we're having a conversation. And as you know, um, with the VME podcast, it's it's quite new um, 
for me, it's also very new. Um, and I just am enjoying the conversations that I had so far with everyone just to see where we go, really. Um, but one of the things that I started asking as a starter question um, is because I know that in our um, coaching program, we had a moment that we uh, named our own vagina. Right. Um, so just yeah, to start yeah. with, like, do you remember what, what was the name? What was the name that you given your vagina? I gave it a name. I called it Princess Kate. Princess Kate. Princess Kate. I know. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Like, I think you also used a little crown. Yeah, it's a crown. I, I made my little vagina and I put a little crown on top of it. And I just called it Princess Kate. <laughs> so Princess Kate. So the actual start question would be. If you would have one word that would describe your relationship with Princess K, what would the word be? I would think it's friendly. I think we're friends. Friends, yeah. We're friends, for sure. Good. So in our conversation today, we'll be talking more about your friendship um, with Princess K. Um of how that friendship might have started or how it was before. Um, as we know, with vaginismus, um, friendship is not always instantly there. Um, so that's a bit of just to hear your story, really, about your vaginismus journey, but mostly what we say, your, how you have become friends with Princess K. If that makes sense. Sure. It's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's a story of how... I didn't really always acknowledge the Princess K existence. It's, it obviously didn't come as a surprise that I have a vagina, but we've been so disconnected ever since um, I've been a teenager. I just literally always never acknowledged me below my waist. It's been always a struggle to sort of like, you know, I'm a young woman, I really want to start dating boys, but I'm so responsible and I have so many things going on in my life. I really want to succeed and, you know, I wouldn't want to get pregnant while I'm at school. Obviously, you know, you read stories and you see how other young women struggle. And I was just such a perfectionist from the very beginning that I just wanted to do well. And everything which would be associated with sex and vaginas and boys at school, it was just, no, no, this is bad. This is what bad girls do. And mm. yeah, you know, um, it's been a struggle to acknowledge that you're actually a full on woman with a vagina, <laughs> with something which uh, later in life can actually make you feel good. But at that point, you know, when you're 15 and you start your first period you're absolutely terrified and you're just like oh my god I started my period and I couldn't really go to anyone as well because I was just embarrassed to the very you know to the very core I didn't know how to even say it out loud I actually had an anxiety attack in the toilet I was like oh my god what is this mm -hmm. so yeah this is when I became a woman this is when I started my period and I was like oh my god this is it this is it but yeah, knowing that I was on my period, I still sort of, you know, disagreed with the whole, you have a vagina, you're a woman. And I was like, no, 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 I still don't have this. No, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> so I yeah. can just continue being me, a girl at school, doing my own girly things, you know? Yeah. So, could, could yeah, you, later could you, on. 
So could yeah. you describe like, because you were saying about um, when you were 15, so that's like, so did you, did you say that you get your period around your 15s? Did I, did I understand that? Uh, probably thir- 13. Yeah. But then, you know, I was still in denial. Okay. 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 I was brought up in a semi-religious family uh, without a father. And uh, my mom was the man of the house, basically. And um, uh, she was hardworking and I barely saw her. She was always at work. And probably the moment I would see her, it would be Sunday. And obviously, you know, that mom and daughter connection, I was always... There was always like something quick. Oh, mom, can you help me with this? Oh, mom, can you help me with that? But there was nothing about like, mom, I'm on my period or mom, I need help. That would be never, never the case. I would be always dealing with it myself. And so, you know, as a 13 year old on a period, I'm like, oh, my God, I could probably just go to my mom and whisper it really quietly. So I did sort of whispered it and she, she short, sort of showed me how to do things with what things. And that was basically me. That's it. Yeah, that was yeah, like yeah. a little five minute, five minute introductory course on a period. That, that was it. Yeah. Like when did you find out about your vagina in that sense then? Because what you said, you, you ignored it. You ignored it or it was. And then, of course, you got your period and then, oh, shit, all this. I want to say all this crap is coming out. Um, but let's just say it differently like <laughs> it was like then you got your period and then you had to when you got your period and then you got had to actually more relate to what's happening down below you said because before you ignored it a bit yeah and then years passed by um, obviously all the girls uh, having uh, smear tests or some sort of gynecology checkups and a gynecologist was never a doctor I would go to because in my head I knew that I have to have sex before I go for a smear test. Somehow that was something, you know, because I I have to um, I have to have my hymen broken to actually gynecologist insert the sexual in, and that was my only fear and the thing and something I had in my head. And uh, you know, I didn't have a boyfriend at the time, and then. I was always postponing those visits. And once when I went to a gynecologist, um, I had an ultrasound examination because I actually, when I, me as a 24, 25 year old woman at the time, I went to a gynecologist where he looked at me and he was like, okay, please undress, please go behind the curtain. And I said, oh no, no, I'm not doing the, the internal exam. And he looked at me, it was a man, which I was comfortable with. He was like, why not? I was like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still a virgin. And he was like, oh, why is that? And I literally just looked at him and I said, oh, I am just too religious. I literally lied into his face saying that I'm too religious. I'm waiting until I get married. The look he gave me was just like, really? Because I was wearing this bright yellow top and red lips. And I just had to make an excuse, which... When I left the surgery and I was like, are you kidding? Are you really, did you really just say that out loud? Obviously he wouldn't believe me, but I had my uh, ultrasound exam and everything was fine. And he was like, oh, okay, you know, let me know if things change, just come by. I left, I probably, I I was never, I, I never went back to see the same doctor, but do you know, I was, I felt so ashamed that I had to lie to a grown-up man as a 25-year-old woman that 
I'm so religious that I can't have an exam. That I, you know, it was it was ridiculous. But in my head, I was like, okay, something I can probably get away with. That that's okay. That maybe in a year, you know, we'll get there. Yeah, and 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 because I'm I'm thinking about that lie in that moment. Like, what what made you lie at that moment? You feel? I think yeah, I was super ashamed to admit that. Oh, I haven't had sex yet. And in my head, I was just trying to justify it. But then if he would ask me why, I mean, that's probably going to be my only excuse that I'm I'm religious, like I'm super religious and I'm waiting until I'm going to get married because this is what everyone does, isn't it? Mm. But yes, that wasn't the case. It was it was <laughs> it was a very strange moment as a young woman. It, it was just so embarrassing. It was just so embarrassing. But I remember it until now. And I don't think I will ever forget it because I don't think he really believed me at the time. No, no. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. And it must have been so, a really big step to have that conversation or to go and go to a gynecologist um, anyway, um, in general, especially if you've been ignoring that part of your body at a, yeah. at, at a time, you know? Absolutely. But, yeah. So because you you mentioned you having a red lipstick and like bright yellow sweater, you know, like, so what, how would you describe to the people who don't know you? Like, because of course, like, I, I know, I know you and you're like, you know, the sunshine you are, I'll say, and the energy you bring, like, <laughs> like what, how would you describe your personality around that time? Like, what type of girl were you? Yeah, I think I was very friendly and outgoing, happy and um, would make friends easily and would always want to, um, I would say, explore the world and see new cities and go out with friends and go out for drinks. Everything was so amazing because I was young and I just finished university and I I moved to a bigger city. Things were amazing, but... Things were amazing for my friends in a sense that they could do what other women could do. You know, you could go out, meet guys, have a drink. Some girls would have casual sex. Some friends would speak about it later on. And me sitting there and listening to all of the stories, I was sort of always like a good girl. You know, I was a good one because I wouldn't go and have one night stands or you know wouldn't engage into a long conversation with men and everyone was like oh yeah she's fine you know everyone would probably assume that I've been I was married and probably had like children because I was just always so well behaved and happy but really really reserved in a sense that I wouldn't really engage into a conversation with with men who would like please allow me to buy you a drink and I was like no, thank you. And I would just kind of go away. Even though there were a man who would who would fancy me, who would wanted to know me better, to speak to me, to see, you know, what is it she does? What does it, where does it she stay? What kind of person you are? It would be so great to get to know you. Well, it would be great to get to know you too, but we all know that you probably would not even date me more than a week if I would tell you, well, there is a thing, by the way, you know, I don't think I can have sex with you because I still don't know why I'm either overly religious or which I'm probably not, or there's something going on. I'm not sure what exactly that is. So 
I don't think I was comfortable enough to start talking to men saying that I'm waiting for the right one, you know, but how would you get the right one without even engaging into a conversation with any of them? Mm. So there were some sort of like, there wasn't a fear of men, but there was. Mm. So I don't know. I didn't know at the time how to explain that to myself that I really want a boyfriend. I really want to be, you know, around a man, but I don't really know how to really explain it to them. Yeah. So, like yeah. a part, part of me wants to ask, and we might be jumping ahead with this, but I'm going to ask anyway, as it comes up right now, but like, if you can explain, if you could, so if you could explain it now to your younger 24 year old at that time like what would you how would you explain it um i would probably tell myself that i was unconsciously afraid of a male presence in my life since i was brought up without a father as well that was just this sort of like inability to get attached to a man in a sense But no, I don't think really, no, cut that. I don't think this is a thing, no. Hmm. Do you know, I don't know how to answer that. No. No? no. Like, even if, even if this part would be cut, like, what is, what is actually going on in your mind right now? I went blank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because 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 you yeah. because you made because you did make like a a point of you know you'd think about your 24 year old where everyone thought that the good the good girl, right? Um she might be married or she's religious, she's going to wait for the right one. Um you you seeing that you were shying away from these relationships because hey you know if they do come close then you might not be able to you don't know why or what's going on in a way and then if you now look back and when you say actually I might not have been able to connect with a male or wanting to like I'm not sure if it was if it was like wanting to you know um, regarding like a male presence you know um, no so- I feel. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I know the reason. Probably I wouldn't want to start talking to someone because then I would have to explain myself. And then, you know, intimacy and uh, cuddling, all the kissing, I absolutely loved it and I wanted it. I wanted, um, I wanted a boyfriend because this is how we get happy, isn't it? You get a boyfriend, you get a partner, you get married, you get kids. And this is what happiness is. Like you want to be a family unit. You want to be independent, but, you know, go on adventures together. And I wanted this. However, I don't think I was ready to face this little world of, well, I never had sex before. And then the older I would get, the man I would meet. I would probably just distance myself to the point where, okay, well, at that point, I'm 25, 26. I don't really know how to tell a 26, 28-year-old man that I never had sex before because they would look at me and be like, what is wrong with you? But at the same time, there was nothing wrong with me. In my head, I was just so super um, 
you know, in my head, I was convinced that I'm actually waiting for the right man for me. And I was just right, waiting for the right man. However, mm. that wasn't the case. It wasn't the case. I just, I just didn't know at the time that there was the deeper reason for me not be able to stand in front of a man and say, well, you know, I don't think that I can have sex because I don't think I try it. But at the same time, I don't feel like I can. Mm. Like, how did you know that you weren't able to have sex? So um, I obviously had, you know, a few boyfriends and uh, I thought, you know, I met the one and then we, we tried once and, you know, both of us being so inexperienced and so young, we just, it just never went anywhere. And I was like, oh, surely it's just not me. Oh, surely maybe it's me. Maybe I just don't know how it works. But, you know, being a biology student at the time, you sort of know that you should have a vagina, you should have a period, but and you 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 you're able to have a period. So basically, there is there is something, and something is coming out of somewhere. So yeah, yeah, you you you're a you're a woman with with a vagina. However, maybe there is something wrong with men you try and date, you know, and maybe yeah. So I had I had a little relationship which didn't go anywhere, but I. I knew that there was something wrong, but at the same time, I was like, well, maybe, maybe he wasn't the right person. And so I was stopping myself getting into more serious relationships because of that failure, because the feeling of failing again and trying to explain and then, oh, you're not that man again. You know, like, yeah, I just couldn't bear the thought of doing this again, going over this again. No. And so I was just so reluctant to get into another relationship because, again, it was just so uncomfortable to share that, well, I tried once and it didn't really happen. So maybe he wasn't the one. <laughs> but so, what do you yeah. mean like the difficult or, or not sharing? Um, was it not sharing, saying like not sharing having sex with the person or not sharing not being able to have sex? Because when, when, when did you know that, the, let's say, sex was maybe not on the cards? Because what you said, you were waiting for the right person. Um, and yeah. and uh, maybe one of them was a feeling that they were the right person. I'm not sure. And then did you then find out that penetration might not have been? Because when we talk about sex, it could be really broad, right? Um, but if we talk about sex in this sense, are we then talking about penetration? Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, probably 25, 26, around that age, I met a man and, um, you know, instantly I thought, oh my God, he's the one, like he is the one. And um, I was really attracted to him and things were going okay. And then first week, two weeks, three weeks, a month and, oh my God, this is not happening. The, you know, everything is great, the kissing, the cuddling and all of this, but when we tried um, penetrative sex, it just didn't, it didn't happen because obviously like everyone describes that, it was just this feeling of hitting the wall. I was the wall. <laughs> mm. And this is the second time when it didn't work, but with a man who I thought is the one. And how disappointed I was because I couldn't understand, you know, I didn't even, 
I, I felt so uncomfortable and I apologized. And I said, I'm really sorry. I don't know what's happening. And so trying next day and a day after, literally I was on the mission. I was like, we'll do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's not working. Doesn't matter how hard you try. And it's like, ow, ow, ow. Yes. So um, the ow wasn't a good signal. So, okay, well, I started thinking about it. And the next day I was like, literally, listen, there, you should have a vagina, right? Even though you don't acknowledge that you do, things should work because this is the one, this is the man. So let's do it. So went to the shop, got a pack of tampons. And I was like, do you know what? Like, you need to find your vagina and tampons are something which girls do, but you never used it because you had some sort of weird barrier in your head. And so, you know, this is the way we're going to start looking for it. Okay, let's do it. So tampon one, tampon two, a YouTube video, how to insert a tampon. I was a girl who took a teddy bear out and she showed the girl. So this is a teddy bear and I have a little hole. So when you spread your legs, in the bathroom and you try and insert the tampon so basically where the tampon goes inside the bear is this is this is the opening so i was like okay well i'm a bear this is the toilet this is a tampon let's do it tampon number one bin tampon number two bin tampon number three bin well what's going on the applicator applicator did the plastic a bit was kind of nippy and i was like no okay breathe okay let's try and breathe again and it's not even close to where it's supposed to be because every time I try and touch uh, my vagina with the tampon I just like automatically my hand just goes away like I can't touch it I can't touch it and so that was a bell where I was like okay this is this is weird I mean everyone on YouTube can do it and you being in the toilet with like a pack of tampax you can't do it this is weird mm. so I was very puzzled I was very puzzled yeah um, then me um, and as I thought at a time the one <laughs> we we had a few arguments and um, you know I was embarrassed to the point where I said okay let me see what I can do and uh, um, I found a relationship counselor where I thought you know what I think I have a problem of not being able to have penetrative sex and I couldn't even word it that way I was just, again, embarrassed to the court. I couldn't even, I phoned to the clinic and I thought I'm going to burst into tears while making my appointment. So I made an appointment with a relationship counselor and I thought, okay, let's see, let's see. Because I thought, you know, my partner at the time, it's been a few months we're together. He would definitely, I don't know, start cheating on me or something because I don't know what's going on. Like, I was just so insecure and... I was trying to talk to him about it, but I wasn't, you know, I would tell him this is, you know, I can't do it, but I don't know why. And so I thought, you know, I'm a problem, so let's do it. So I booked an appointment with a relationship counselor. I went for an appointment. I was like really hush hush about it. So quiet. And she, we spoke for half an hour. I explained to her what's going on. She did tell me, well, yeah, yeah, you know, the advice of glass <laughs> glass of wine was right there. She was like, yeah, why don't you have a glass of wine and relax? And I just thought, this is such, this is such a great idea. This is what I'm going to do. But then this is what I'm going to do. Well, yeah, obviously, you know, you can drink yourself 
to sleep, but you can't really drink and have sex. This is this is just never worked for me. I just, no matter how many glasses of wine I had that night, I just couldn't relax enough. Mm. I had the anxiety was just unreal. And um, so the relationship counselor referred me to a psychosexual therapist. She was like, well, you know, maybe you need two to three sessions and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You just need to relax. So after three and a half years of therapy, no, it's just, I wasn't anywhere near what I wanted to be. So the psychosexual therapist um, showed me pictures of vaginas. She explained to me that this is what potentially happening. And she actually gave me a word for it. She said, I feel that you probably have vaginismus. <laughs> I looked at her and I was like, nah, <laughs> I laughed. I said, nah, this is not me. I think for the next couple of months, if not half a year, I was in such a big denial. I'm like, vaginismus, I couldn't even say it out loud. I'm like, nah, this is not me. You know, acknowledging that something was really wrong not knowing why yet was just such a big thing and I was like nanny no never no no <laughs> mm. so through psychosexual therapy she told you what vaginismus was and what you said you were a bit in denial about it but like what is it that you feel that like is there anything that you feel you learned about like your body and your mind per se while in those sessions because when you look back um from a young age what you said there was like a definite denial of vagina let's put that up let's put that in a box and even uh when you said being in a relationship um which the part that i that we might come back to later of like having a relationship wanting to meet mr right actually do have like the cuddles and the kisses but then still a bit in denial of your vagina until, of course, the moment comes of penetration where you're like, oh, but I do have one. I do have one. So I wonder, what is it that you learned or what was what is it that you learned about yourself in those sessions that you had um, with your psychosexual therapist? Like regarding your that mindset, where where do you feel that it then might have come from? Uh, yeah, so my psychosexual therapist was a very lovely lady and she started working with me gradually through, uh, you know, she was looking for those triggers. She was looking for maybe causes of my vaginismus. So with working with me once a week, going through the stories from my childhood and, you know, different events of my life, she finally made me say it out loud. She, she made me realize that the problem lays deep inside my brain and she made me realize that my vagina and brain connection is very very strong and um, that every vaginismus might or might not have a reason for it whereas I was happy to know I would say that mine had a reason mm. and um uh, as it appears through our talk and me getting those horrible dreams back, um, I was sexually abused as a child um, at the age of seven and eight. And this was a very big eye opener for me then see 
uh, how my relationship with men progressed um, by me, you know, when somebody would try and tap me on the shoulder, I would jump. If somebody would try and put their hand on my leg, I would jump. And only then I started realizing that my body is alarming me. You know, all these jumps and little things and me not being able to, you know, literally just jump and run and, you know, like threw myself into somebody's hands is just because my body was telling me that you have to be careful. There is something going on. Mm. And eventually we got to the conclusion that, okay, this happened. Um, and what your body is doing, it's, it's a good good defense mechanism which at the point of your life where you are now isn't working very well because you don't need this defense you're your own person you can see what's good and bad and your body is still in that mindset where you know if there is a bad thing just about to happen to you your body just shuts down and um yeah um I would say it's been yeah it was a big relief too yeah like I'm I'm just having a big sigh here and it's not that I want to interrupt you but I'll you know let me just say fuck like you know um and I just I I just feel that maybe everyone who's listening maybe even needs a moment with this because I know you, like I've met you, if, if it's over six months or more that we now started talking and I know that we didn't cover certain things. So from me listening to you and hearing this, like I, it's not about me, but I am here like, because I love you and like my, the tears in my eyes are like, Thank fuck, you, you yeah. know, like, I'm like, how I wish we were in the same space right now I know you know but um but there is something there what you said like you and your therapist at that time like she uncovered this for you and the unconscious or the conscious because was that something that you were conscious about or was that something that you feel that you had put away until the conversation with your with your psychosexual therapist absolutely you know that was never um that was it was always at the back of my mind I knew that these things happened to me but I could never relate these two things together you know the putting them together was never an option because this is like a separate event of my life and you know if it happened so many years ago um that I sort of kind of knew it was there but I forgot about it and but I knew it was there and after like something very traumatic uh, something something very traumatic happened during um, during the time when I was at university and this big stress sort of triggered nightmares so it, it all brought back it was all brought back by my nightmares and one day I woke up like I was like okay I, this is this is real like it's just coming back to me just because I'm so super stressed and I went to my therapist and I was like well I had that dream and you know I know that this was happening like this is this this is the thing and maybe this is what it is and mm. yeah so the pieces were puzzle the puzzle the pieces the pieces of the puzzle Absolutely. Yeah, I mean the pieces yeah. of the puzzle all <laughs> came together, together. Yeah, yeah came together in that moment wow Absolutely. yeah 
So what yeah, happened? But, what happened then when you when you realized that in a way? So when um, the pieces fell together? Yes. Um, so I had my reason. I had a little thing to be like, okay, well, you know, I have vaginismus. I was sexually abused as a child, and this is nothing I could have done. This is nothing which I triggered. This is something I haven't chosen for myself. This is something which is so unfortunate and it happened to me. So what do I have to do now? I have to somehow fix it. But the problem with vaginismus is that it's not something you can just take and fix. You know, I'm not, I was never relating to myself as a person who was broken because this phrase on its own would make me feel so miserable because there were people in the past who related to me as, you know, when are you going to fix yourself? Like, go and fix yourself. You're broken. And I was never wanting to see myself from that angle. I wasn't broken at all. There was something which happened to me, which wasn't my choice. So unfortunately, right now, what I would have to do is to see what my options were. So if it happened to be the case, uh, there is obviously treatment plan you know there's there's something I can do to reprogram my body so if this is a defense mechanism which my body developed throughout the years well how do I teach my body to take penetration as a normal act um, you my body shouldn't you know start defending myself and um, you know preventing this this is just natural it should be natural because in the end of the day I'm a human I was designed to you know have babies and have sex and be happy and yes you know <laughs> this mm. these thoughts were going through my head so what what should I do now it was it was an eye-opener however I wasn't in a right set of mind still and, and my environment wasn't uh, good to start treating myself from vaginismus I was just super stressed and anxiety was, you know, running through the roof. It was, it was just not a good time for me a couple of years ago. Hmm. Even if you were stressed and even if you weren't in the right mindset, what do you do believe that you worked on in that time with her? Uh, you know, I was trying to address all my vaginismus issues at the time. And I was obviously... I don't know. I think I was just waiting for a miracle cure somehow. And, you know, I thought that my psychosexual therapy, it's exactly what I have to do to kind of beat it. So I was addressing different type of issues which were bothering me at the time, as well as trying to cure the vaginismus. But you know, as I said, I had so many things going on on the background that vaginismus wasn't my priority. And so my psychosexual therapist, you know, I was introduced to dilators. I bought my own set. She, she actually had to talk me into, you know, why don't you take it out and look at it? Why don't you just have a look at it? And then I was like, nah. So how am I supposed to get through my treatment by still being in denial, by you know, walking there and like actually physically bringing me to the session, thinking that, 
oh, I'm here, it's working. But is it really working that, you know, I'm still in denial, I am still not in the right mindset to do this? And yes, so my psychosexual therapist was amazing. She was just like, okay, well, the next thing we, we need to do, sure, okay, you don't want to look at your dilators. How about you make friends with your vagina? Like, you know, I'm like, vagina, <laughs> what's vagina? She's like, right, okay, so why don't you go home, take a mirror and have a look at it? I was like, seriously, it's not happening. She's like, why not? <laughs> I was like, no. So for, for a couple of weeks, she would have to talk me into it. She was like, oh, Luna, please just go home and take a mirror. It's nothing bad. I was like, nah. <laughs> Do you know what? Like, it was just, it was such a horrible, weird idea she had in her head. Me going home and looking at my vagina in the mirror. Are you for real? This is, this is not what girls do, right? Things are happening naturally. So I'm talking to my body, reprogramming it, and then trying it again. And well, you know, while sometimes I would try uh, penetration with my partner and I just wouldn't go anywhere, <laughs> I would be like, oh, well, the talking isn't helping. And then my psychosexual therapist would say, well, okay, we'll work with dilators. So dilators are developed to, you know, train your body to then train your brain oh it was it was very hard going for me I was like no mm, yeah. but then eventually probably in say two years time two and a half years time I finally have taken my uh, NHS zero dilator and somehow I managed to put it in I don't know how it, it was a miracle because I couldn't find guidance I couldn't you know I asked her literally I did ask her I'm like could you please give me a numbing cream? I wouldn't even mind if you just do it here for me. You know, I don't know where it goes. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. There mm. is no guidance. There's no pictures. I need to see where it goes. Yeah. But, so, but you know, yeah, I was so desperate. <laughs> but you know, but because you know what I'm, what I'm hearing as well is that in the time that you, because there was a lot that was happening in that time from you finding out and um, finding out everything. Um, but then, when we talk about friendship and Princess K, there was no friendship at all because you hadn't found her as yet as a friend, it sounded like. No, absolutely not. And, and, yeah. and, and, and you were saying that, oh, I'm, um, I'm going to go, I'm, gonna, I'm doing this, I'm having psychosexual therapy and I'm, I'm going to be cured by talking about it. But then that whole bit of connecting or actually finding her as a friend that came in time by like the suggestions that your psychosexual therapist had, but there was still some resistance or let's say quite a bit of a resistance for you to be like, let's, oh, let's, yeah. let's see what friend I have or, uh, you know, like, or what does she look like? <laughs> or yeah, what you said. And um, so I'm very curious that, or what you said, it sounds like that it was a real process for you. Um, a very like a real process from finding all finding out all the hard 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 times and all the realistic things that are happening but then also the process of okay so if talking about it doesn't necessarily make this right trying yeah. to find your vagina and actually do something with it besides because can I ask a random question so for you to find your vagina is one but how was it for someone else to let find your vagina? So if you when you had partners, was that was that in that time okay? Do you know like this is not something I would just be I know that, you know, 
it's fine as long as they don't put fingers in it that that's that's the borderline i was like that was the that was the thing like do not put your fingers in and so okay okay fine right so um even though in my head i'm like well this is supposed to be pleasurable but my body would just be so tense that there is no way you can even like you know put your fingers around it like no way it was just a very stressful experience i would say (laughs) Mm, yeah so when did you see that there was then the relationship that changed between you your body your mind like where when did the shift come because you just mentioned about all of a sudden like you were able to put in one of the dilators in a way but what do you believe happened for that to happen I don't know I was probably so I was so frustrated I was getting frustrated because I was in therapy for probably like two years at the time and I just I was getting so frustrated and I didn't know I didn't know what to do and how to do it and the resources were so limited I wouldn't find I wouldn't find guidance anywhere and so my therapist did walk me through it and she's like you need to relax and breathe like and use a lot of lube and please like just just try in my head I honestly didn't know I didn't know how to do it but okay fine you know a lamp, a mirror, and a dilator, and a loop. That's what actually helped me. So mm-hmm. if somebody just blindly tries and puts dilator in, I don't know how you do it. Like, you're my hero. Because when I started doing it, I had a kit on my bed. And it was the lamp, <laughs> the mirror, and a dilator. And obviously, I showered myself in loop. This is This is how it worked for me. It started working, but... Even though talking through how to do it, I think during my therapy, I probably done it two or three times only. Like I couldn't make myself to dilate. I just couldn't. Even though, you know, it was uncomfortable for the first time. It was painful and nippy for the second time. And then sometimes when I would try it for the third time, the smallest dilator would go in fine, but the size one, would not go in and I would just not understand like my body is designed to do that so why can I not go a size up like literally in a day like I want it now and obviously my therapist she realized she was like you're so impatient you cannot do it in one day I know that you want results tomorrow I know that you want your results tomorrow but you know you have to you have to calm down And the reason why I was rushing it, you know, in my relationship, I wasn't getting anywhere. I wasn't happy and I felt like I owe something to my partner at the time. I was rushing it, rushing it so much because I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it for someone else, Mm. to please someone else, to be like, well, this is it. I'm doing it, right? I'm doing it, but it's not working, but I'm still doing it. So I just wanted to be that person who would choose for for me trying so hard to to do it you know for him and that was when the I realized later in life that that was a wrong approach Mm. this is you're doing it for yourself you're not doing it for anyone else you can't rush it everybody's speed is different everybody's body is different body mind connection is different you cannot just do it and try and please someone else. Yeah. You have to do it for yourself. Yeah. Like 
because what you say later in life that you know the realization that's of course you're so right you know um and yeah. and i'm wondering for you that it was a because that was like while you're in that relationship and you're trying to please some you're trying to please someone um what what happened for you to come to that knowledge of i have to do it for myself like how did you get to that wisdom i'll say yeah so you know in the end that relationship didn't work out and um i um got some time to myself i moved in by myself i you know i got this time to think about me and so you know last year was a, a year when i was like okay well you know what this is now me and my vaginismus and this is the time when we have to start working on us so that's the time when i don't have to try and please someone else try and explain to someone else that i'm not broken um i am not i'm not trying to fix myself as you say because this is nothing to fix i am my own person and having what i have just puts me in the position where i can't have penetrative sex everything else about me is right and um you know i had time to think about it and get myself together in a sense and i'm like okay okay you know what um this is me and i want to have a family i want to have kids i want to get a smear test i want to have an exam i want to go to a gynecologist and don't tell them that i'm religious <laughs> don't tell them that i cannot have this exam because you know i haven't had sex yet and i'm in my early 30s so i just have to do it for me and that's when on the vaginismus uh, network i saw an advert for your coaching program for um regaining your confidence with vaginismus workshop and i thought you know what i think so far I've had psychosexual therapy and I'm taking a break because I just have to reorganize my thoughts and it's not taking me anywhere just now so I took a break I stopped attending my um uh, my sessions and four months after I saw the advert and I was like um no I would say maybe more like maybe maybe like half a year after I saw your advert and I was like okay let's do it this is something new this is you know I have nothing to lose this is something you let's do it maybe maybe you know maybe you will help me and open up other doors and let's see let's see how it goes and i did not regret it for a moment um mm. it was just such a positive experience i mean i met you and i was like this is the woman this is this is the woman um, <laughs> she so is sweet. the one <laughs> that's so sweet i just feel, i feel i have to just make a disclaimer here saying hey guys I am not asking her to say any of this. This is not a commercial for any of the things that I do. This is just her sharing her story and her being honest because that's not but but what it, but what I what I hear is that there was a positive that like I know that I know the workshop because I created it but I there was a positive there was something there was a like I'm curious for you like the the 
the shift of having had psychosexual therapy, going into a deep, deep, deep conversation for you to figure out where your vagina is. And then six months later, coming across a random workshop with me where I'm playing music and being a bit silly at times. Right. Um, so, so what happened then for you? Because I think you, um, you had met and met some, did you at that time already met other people with vaginismus? So yeah, a year ago before I joined your workshop, I met two girls and we went to Edinburgh to Fringe Festival to watch a play uh, about vagina and vaginismus. And, you know, that time was the time when I saw this woman as like total heroes. They were so happy and, you know, so lively and laughing and just saying vagina all the time. And there was me like obviously thinking that everyone is looking at me i was in that queue to watch a play but everyone is looking at me they know i have vaginismus and i just tried to hide and all these women around me like being so happy and they're going to watch a play and they talk about you know dilators right there and they're like well have you tried this this is just this is horrible and i'm just standing there like oh my god like i just want to disappear mm. and and yeah and it was just the best evening of my life I just met somebody who actually feels feels the same way who's been feeling that the same way for the last like five years or more and there was them and me and I was like oh my god you know it was it was an eye-opener and we were in touch and I was still dealing with other problems on the side but I was getting used to to the thought that you know, I do have vaginismus. This is real. This is what girls are describing. And, you know, my, my brain started working and I started like gaining more positivity out of like chatting to them about it. And I was like, well, I tried this, but this is not helping. And then the girls would be like, let's go out for drinks and for lunch and let's talk about it outside. And, you know, I met them again for, for lunch and then we had a workshop and it was great and I could talk about it. And, it was so liberating, you know, like literally just stand there and sit there and look at each other and be like, well, hey, say vagina, <laughs> like you can do it. Whereas before I couldn't even, I couldn't even say it out loud. It was so embarrassing. Mm. And, you know, looking um, at your workshop advert, I was like, well, you know, talking about it helped me so much. So what if I talk to someone else about it and let's see what ideas do you have because I need new ideas I'm so desperate I really want to solve it like help basically <laughs> so yeah yeah and that's how I joined your workshop yeah no but it's yeah because I was curious about the the part of having others already there so it sounds that like that was really a shift for you of meeting others to, to talk about it and going to the play because I remember I don't think I've I'm not sure if it's the same play I've seen. Maybe there was another play going on because I've seen I've seen a play which was great. I've forgotten the name, but um, there was a play as well about vaginismus. And um, yeah, I think it was. Uh, let me tell you a story that I'm writing a play about my vagina. Vagina, yeah, like like, like that. I, yeah, I hope it was the same one, but I've seen it in London, so I'm like, was it the same or was it yeah. elsewhere? But um, but for you, it was. It seems that that was a crucial moment of 
oh, look how the other girls are talking about their vaginas and how they're talking about dilating and how this play is created and you bonding with them yeah. to then being open to find other places to maybe do the same in a way. So yeah, at this time, did you then have become friends with Princess Kay as yet? Or where are we now in your story? Yeah, I would say, you know, I I wasn't dilating at the time yet. I was just I was just getting there. I was just like, okay, fine. We took out the mirror, we know how we look like, it's all good. You know, at, by that time, um a year ago, I knew, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay with my body. I know how it looks like. I know it's there now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I have a vagina, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, woman in her 30s, finally. She's <laughs> like, woohoo, we got a vagina. I know. We got yeah. a vagina. This is something. So now what, we need to. Was she, was she your friend then? Or was it not a friend yet? It was like she was there. She was, she was allowed to be there. She was allowed to be there, I would say. Yeah, she was allowed to be there. <laughs> so, so so when so when did she become when or how has she become your friend I mean you know the I really wanted to start working towards dilating so I tried and explore and tried to make myself comfortable and um, trying to you know retrain my brain that every possible touch shouldn't be um, a warning you know, so you have to reprogram your body that even touching um, around uh, your vagina shouldn't feel like something abnormal, that even if you go for a medical examination and somebody, you know, and and the nurse or the doctor tries to uh, examine you, that should not give you a warning and anxiety. But for me, that was the case before. Mm. And so I tried and I read about vaginismus and I went to vaginismus network Instagram and their page and I did my research and you know that's when I read about dilators and um you know that you you if you want to start oh did you that's when I read yeah did you mean that you read about dilators or the reason for dilating did it because you had of course already you're, because what I understand, your psychosexual therapist had already introduced you to it, but you've put it aside a bit, being like, no, not doing that as yet. But then this information was then different? Was it different for you? I think it was just, uh, I was probably just getting used to, you know, working through dilators to actually, why am I doing that? I'm, I'm retraining my body, but I'm adjusting my body to different sizes as well. And for me, I was looking for more tips, like how do you dilate? How long do you leave it in? Do you like put it in and out? Do you take it out? How do you even, like, how do you even, where do you even start? Mm, <laughs> so I, dilating I remember you actually like a mission. I even remember you actually, I think when we met, that was one of your first questions as well. It was about yeah, dilating, like, like the instructions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think I quite dismissed those questions in a way being like, don't worry, it's going to come like, because I remember you asking, I remember you <laughs> yeah, asking did, about, yeah. so how many times do you do I have to do this? What is your, like, you do yeah. like, like the manual of the dilating manual. So even if I might not have been give, even if I didn't maybe give you, because I said, I think I forgot my complete answer about the dilating, but I remember it, I think it was a very political answer. 
by saying, what did I actually say? Do you remember what I said? <laughs> um... Because I was like, I like for me, there wasn't a manual of how many times or what. Yeah, or, yeah. You yeah. were treated in a different way. I think your, your plan, your treatment plan was different with dilators. And it's just because I had those dilators, I was like, okay, well, I have to do something with them, right? So where do I start? Mm, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. How, how long do you do it for? Um, when do you know that you have to use a different size? And I mean, there's just not enough information out there. Like... But you what? Know, you but what is? You have to figure it out to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's and and because that I think when we spoke, my answer likely had been something like, you know, that it's very. De- 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 or I had one told my story and said about my relationship with dilating, and uh, I felt that I did it slightly different because my dilators were not that all the sexy dilators as everyone has right now, so it wasn't yeah, like yeah. inviting, but like that I think individually that I yeah that I had like a different I had a different view on dilating but I wonder for you about have you found the answer about what it is for you like what are the rules you mean while trying and research internet no just now that you've gone like like because you said now you're friendly you know friendly with princess k so what are the rules now about dilating So, yeah, so I attended your um, workshop and then I joined your coaching. And then through your coaching program for the next four months, I would say, I learned a lot about my body. I learned about my body connection and my mind connection. I learned, I learned a lot that, you know, women wouldn't just see out there. It's not, there is no rules. There is nothing written down to actually make you do it. You kind of have to get time for yourself to dilate, to, you know, find the way. And so, yeah, so when, when I started dilating, finally, I realized that everybody is different and every woman is different. And the first rule for me was is make time literally make time and I decided okay I'm gonna make time now because this is something I'm doing for me and the second thing I start writing um, a little diary it's not a diary but probably you know I called it uh, my V workout so V is vagina Mm -hmm. and workout is a workout basically what you do with dilators I mean um, I am a runner. I run a lot and I exercise a lot. So a workout is a workout. It's a muscle too. So I decided to call it my V workout. <laughs> and um, it helps me a lot. Like in terms, I, when I started my dilating uh, routine, um, it depends on your body. It's a, it's a personal preference. If you can do it a few times a week or you can do it um, once a week, Uh, write down your feelings, write down what dilator you're in, um, what, how much you manage to insert, how long it's been there. They recommend, I think on NHS website or some other internet, um, uh, you know, websites, they recommend probably 15 to 20 minutes of uh, dilator 
being inside of your vagina and for me that was like 15 to 20 minutes what am I supposed to do Mm. (laughs) that's just lying there (laughs) so you know try and make it pleasurable dilating shouldn't be a horrible thing to go through Uh, you have to make yourself feel good before just like any intercourse like you have to start your body feeling good before you actually do something it's it's a natural process so you're allowed to use sex towards and stimulate your body um because then your vagina would just open naturally and this is the whole idea which i have in my head when i start dilating i'm like well just imagine this is all good we can do it now obviously you know loads of breathing loads of inhaling and exhaling and loads of love and yes and write down how you felt what dilator you're in and these are the rules I still I'm still I'm still following them (laughs) I stuck by them because they work for me yeah so so what is your relationship with your 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 body and your mind and your your princess k now because you said friendly but like how like if you because right now like are we able to say vagina out loud because I know that you are because you recently spoke <laughs> at the network but like yeah, like yeah. where are you now in your your journey you feel like with vaginismus I you know the last year was um, a big eye-opener for me and um, I feel like in four months of um, the group coaching I have actually achieved so much and because of you um, thank you so much like I made such a great body mind connection and I finally found my vagina (laughs) and be made friends with it and we can agree and disagree sometimes we do not like uh, certain dilators being very nippy but you know we say ow 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 and then we say okay breathe now more loop maybe and we try our best like I know that we're in it together (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's not only me or it's not only her we're in it together we're the same person so we're doing it yeah or it sounds like what you said like in the time of doing uh, or connecting uh, with me that you started to create we say the body mind connection very much but as I always say it's like you've done it yourself Really, right? Like what you said, like I can't like I, I keep repeating this to you as well, but like I know, I know, I know I'm I'm here to hold the, I held that space for you and the other girls. And I've been here um with my own experience thinking about what I needed um at the time because I know that when yes. you know I if I had my 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 therapy or my physiotherapy and they send me home with this random looking dilator. And I know that while I was there, it was all fine. And the Mm -hmm. practicing was fine with the person there, but it was me being by myself that that was more the push of, okay, so are we going to do this? I'm going to put this Mm -hmm. in or going to go and watch an episode of Gilmore Girls. I remember that well. (laughs) I had the whole DVD box. So Uh, I know that little, that in-between conversation that we individually have with ourselves of, like what you said, individually with you, there was a time that even if you had your conversation with your psychosexual therapist, well, you by, when you were by yourself, 
you then decided not to have that conversation with you and your body, really, because you're like, I've had that conversation over there. Yeah. This should fix this, right? Um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and until you started talking to other girls about it and with all the knowledge that you already gained because psychosexual therapist has really helped you and it was really good what yeah. you said, but it was more that in-between part, like you and you, you know, the V and me or the Princess K and you, that relationship <laughs> That's why what you made time, but you made time for in the months that we were together. Like you created that time for you. Like you had your exercise regime, I'll say, you know. But you, yeah, and, yeah. I, and, I was looking for the support, and that workshop gave me the support I was looking for. I, I was surrounded with women who were going through the same experience describing it using the same exact words I had in my head. I had you, Audrey, who was pushing me towards think this way. How about you look at it from this perspective? And how about you will stop telling to yourself that, you know, this is your fault or you can't do it. Of course you can. Of course you can. And so every after workshop, like I felt so empowered and I was like, of course I can. Like, what can you not do literally <laughs> mm-hmm. um this is just a little small thing it doesn't define me i am not it i'm good i'm good i can do it and so with this positive mindset with with a lot of you know this push but you wouldn't really realize at the time that you know all of us together trying to push each other to achieve something you know where is it's we're not working towards beating it. We're working towards being comfortable and acknowledging that this is what it is. And there are certain ways of dealing with this, with vaginismus, you know, and there, while there is not, uh, you know, the same solution for every person, but there is certainly a solution which would fit specifically to your situation. Yeah. And this is how I looked at it. And, we're all different and there are certain things which you know working for me but the same approach the same speed would not work for other girls for other women for other people for anybody like it's just you are on your own journey and just take it at your own speed do what fits and suits you your body your mind your mindset Mm. do it in your own time on your own you know in your own speed yeah and like because i by by you saying that like really what resonates for me is is you having that moment where the narrative changed for you the narrative in your mind like the way that you were talking about yourself the way that you were talking about how to you know what to do going on your speed the positive mindset of like, even if it was me giving a gentle push, but saying like, of course, like, you know, you know, let's not talk about ourselves so negatively. Like, so there was this, this, this change in narrative. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, I got myself to the point where, okay, well, there was a switch and it was such a big thing for me. The switch was, I started dilating. I think after second session, um attending while attending your group coaching and you know what i i managed my zero should dilator and then like first dilator and then the second one and in three months i got myself into a third dilator and 
you know what? I was so happy that I thought me, a person who thought that touching around vaginal opening, it was, oh my God, like it was just so horrendous. It was horrible. Like to the point where a dilator could actually go in. There is, there is no way in the world the dilator can go in because I was so squeamish about it. And I was like, no, 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 no. It was just a big no. Like just the whole me, if you can picture me, I was just a no. Like <laughs> it was nowhere, that, that dilator was just, it would give me anxiety, a heart attack right there when I would look at it. There is no, nothing in the world which would make me put dilator inside of me. Like, no, Audrey, after second session with the next three months, I was on my third dilator. Why? Because I gained that confidence and I have that safe space and I spoke to myself and we agreed <laughs> that we can do it. Mm. And after a lot of breathing and a lot of look and no, this is not all happy. I have to sometimes, you know, it doesn't always work. Your body sometimes is too stressed. Sometimes there are different factors which affect your dilating as well. You know, you have to be relaxed. You have to be in the right mindset. Yes. But just thinking about how long it took me before like so many years to just go back and forth can you do it no you can't do it is it sore yes it's sore and now look in such a short period of time when I finally got myself into the right mindset right mm. you know situation where I can't do it I can't do it and I spoke to myself and I told myself you know you can do it there is nothing you can't do so Let's, mm. let's let's go. And I and I'm 100% convinced that there's nothing you you can't do, Elena, for sure. Like, but it's <laughs> it's you. yeah. But it's also like for me, like it's because today when before um, before going on this call, I of course just look back our uh, our communication um, of the last months together and the, of what you said, the mindset you had when you stepped in was different than the mindset that I saw you. Um, have the other day when you did a presentation in the Fusionismus Network as well. So yeah. I'm I'm just very proud of you of creating that mindset for yourself because I do you know you. You, you can talk about me you could talk about the girls you could talk about the network but it's all about as well who you have been for yourself in this time you know what you have made possible for yourself while on this journey really. Um, so when we started. When we started our podcast, you were mentioning about finding the right person and to have like to be intimate with in a way. Right. And comparing with who you were when you were 24, trying to find Mr. Right and maybe shying away from sex in a way, you know, yeah, um, how yeah. are you now? How are you now about like that relationship, sex, sexuality type of world? I think I feel more confident now and more comfortable to open up to someone about it. Whereas before I couldn't even talk about it to myself. And now I know that I can actually comfortably talk about it and be like, look, this is what it is. And this is what I'm doing to, to beat it <laughs> and mm. to, to try and get rid of it. Yeah. And, and what I, what I understand is that, because of your whole journey from the moment that you've um, started talking about it with uh, your psychosexual therapist that like you now know what it is so it's easier to explain 
um, yeah as well and absolutely like, now you yeah. I have a word I have a word for it I actually have a resource I can go to the vaginismus network and you know there are pictures there's text there are actually a good piece of advice to all the young people who are out there and struggling and this is beyond educational it's there's a lot of things I didn't know how to explain and now I can relate to each and every word mm-hmm. and so um yeah so people we meet if we want to be open about it with them we can send them the link and be like well this is if you want to know more about it this is what it is yeah yeah and this is great yeah so now we're coming to the end in a way because I feel that we could have talked we could talk literally for this for 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 hours and hours and I can sit here (laughs) on our Sunday well, we can't go anywhere because of crazy COVID time. I'm like, why not just stay on the line? Alona? Just feel my, like, just let's talk about anything that's going on in life. But if, know, uh, like, mostly, yeah, like, to be honest, we can do that. And when we hang up, we might yeah. still do anyway. <laughs> but um, to end our uh, our conversation, um, I um, have been asking the same question to everyone. And I want to ask the same mm-hmm. to you. Um, so, and you might have kind of answered part of this earlier, if I come to think about it. But what do you know now that you wish you knew then? Yeah, you know, it's hard to limit myself to one thing, <laughs> but I know quite a lot now. It's been five years. It's been five years, and I know quite a bit. But um, you know, the I think the most important thing that I wish I knew that I could ask for help. I wish I knew that this is nothing to be ashamed of and that being diagnosed with vaginismus doesn't make me less of a person, that going and talking to my GP about it would get me help earlier. And then I would hope by now that I would be so much further with my treatment progress, you know? I wish I could ask for help and not suffer in silence. Mm. So. I would like to encourage every person who is out there thinks that they might have vaginismus to to go and ask for help. Mm. Go and talk about it. Go and ask your GP for your treatment options because this is when you start and then you would progress much faster. Yeah, yeah. It's like so actually you're almost you're you're actually also already given like maybe a top tip because I wanted to ask if you had a top tip. <laughs> Did you have any other tips that you wanted to give to people who are listening? Oh my my main main thing is dilating and I am such an advocate for easy easy dilating and you know the the tip I would like to share which helped me with dilating is if you feel that you're ready to start dilating, but you're not sure where to start, you know, a good thing to do would be to start getting used to, to dilators by, you know, looking at them, holding them, keeping them under your pillow or somewhere you can see them, like anywhere really. Like make them part of your bedroom so you would get used to them. So dilators would become something normal, something which doesn't give you an anxiety or like heart attack like Mm. (laughs) by just looking at them you know they are your tools to start retraining your brain to relax pelvic floor muscles make them your friends and of course use lube 
like bathe yourself and look. <laughs> um, this helped me to normalize dilators and stop getting anxiety attacks. And I really hope that this will work for you too. Hmm. Oh, I'm sure that there will be the people there thanking, right. you, thank, thanking you for that. <laughs> and if you can finish the next, this is the last sentence for you to finish because um, I'm going to read it out. And you're going to give me the first thing that comes into your mind. Yeah. So if I will say you are not vaginismus, but you are. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And you're so right. You're so right. Amazing. Awesome. But yeah, but I wanted to thank you for spending the time with me and to have an open conversation and open, honest and authentic conversation. So um, actually, where can they find you? Because can they find you online if people want to connect with you? What would be your, um, do you have an Instagram handle? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, please add me on Instagram um, at vaginismus. I am not it. Uh, it's a princess K vagina on the avatar. <laughs> it's a cute little pink vagina. You can see it. <laughs> and if you have any questions and I am reposting all the useful resources from Audrey's Insta, from uh, Vaginismus Network, from uh, therapist and pelvic floor um, um, specialists. Like I am reposting all the useful information. So please add me on Instagram and let's do it together. You're not in it alone. You're not alone for sure. So you said Vaginismus, I am not it. So find her, find Alona, she's amazing. Like, and I heard her speak only recently um, at the Vaginismus Network and she literally rocked it. She owned it. She stepped into her confidence a hundred percent. And even if she might not have in the beginning, not felt that uh, Princess Kay was her friend, but she has made her her friend. So, um, but yeah, again, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening as well. Speak soon again. This was the VME podcast, Vaginismus, Let's Name It, Not Shame It, with Audrey Cairo. Don't hesitate to reach out or to connect on Instagram on Let's Call Her V, because I'm always happy to hear from you.